0: Good morning. Why don't we just give the youth a hand as they leave? Um, they're going to have an amazing time. How's everyone doing? Good morning. I'm feeling good this morning. For the first time ever, something happened in the service this morning. I don't know if you saw, but my son, Judah. He actually wanted to come to me more than his mum. So that's amazing. So, my self-esteem is at an all-time high. I know it will change soon when he, when he gets hungry, but I'm writing I'm, I'm it as long as I can. How are we doing? As Adrian said, we're actually kicking off a series on faith today. And I'm excited about it. I feel that this has been coming for a while. And I believe the Lord's going to take us, you know, it says he takes us from glory to glory, faith to faith. I've just believed that as we journey together in this next couple of weeks, the Lord's going to increase our faith. And as you can see, there's a graphic there. Um, How many know that sometimes a faith journey can feel like this? Can feel like we're climbing a mountain feel like we're on a journey of faith and I want you just to imagine for a moment the area of breakthrough that you are believing God for maybe it's the promise that he's given you maybe it's that desire that he's put in your heart the fulfillment of that being the summit of the mountain I just want you to envisage the very thing that you're believing God for as that summit of that mountain Maybe you believe in God for a healthy family, a healthy family, healthy kids, healthy marriage. Maybe it's for a relational issue to be resolved. Maybe it's for healing in your body, for the disease to leave. Maybe it's for financial freedom. Maybe it's for freedom from addiction. Maybe it's even that the Lord would give you more influence in preaching the gospel in your workplace. Whatever it is that you're asking, that you're believing the Lord for, picture that, the fulfillment of that, as the summit of the mountain. This morning we're going to go on a journey and for a few weeks talking about faith and the question is, is faith really a big deal? Is faith really a big deal? Sometimes in church we can have a thought that faith is just this thing that comes alongside of and just makes our journey more comfortable Or maybe faith just makes it more bearable or gives us a little pick-me-up. How many know that when you buy a car, you can get the base model, but then you can also get the optional extras? You can get the seat warmers, the tinted windows, the spoiler. And I think sometimes we can have this thought that faith is like an optional extra. That we can just... Faith is just this thing where it helps us on a journey and it just makes it a little bit more comfortable. But I'd like to propose this morning that you can't actually make the summit unless you have faith. See, I've answered the question. Now you can all go home. But faith is a really big deal. Faith is essential to our, our walk, our, our, our journey in following Jesus. I would like to propose this morning that without faith, We're not going to see the summit. We're not going to see the promises of God fulfilled in our life. Right through Scripture, we see that faith creates alternative realities. Faith creates alternative realities. What that means is that without faith... We're not going to do that thing that has been promised to us, prophesied to us, the Word of God over our life, that faith actually makes it possible for us to do the things that are humanly impossible, but that are promised over our life. Faith creates alternative realities. I believe where we're going as a church in this season, we're going to places we've never been before, and the Lord is leading us, and it's so encouraging because we've got a bucket load of prophecies. Every time we meet together to pray, there's just the word of the Lord about what God is going to do through this church and in our community, and it's so encouraging. But what if the primary component to our destiny isn't education, it's not even skill, it's not even experience, not even our capabilities, or even the calling of God, but the primary component to us to reach that summit is actually faith. It doesn't mean that there's not other things that are important, but what about if the primary component is faith? What about if the very thing that God has spoken over your life, that promise that you're believing for, there is a primary component to see that fulfillment and it's faith? The Lord's been taking me on a journey for quite some time and how many know that when the lord teaches you lessons it's not just theoretical but there's also practical he's so he's so great that he gives us opportunities to practically outwork the very thing that he's teaching us and for a period I've been through and our family's been through not only learning about faith but actually in practical ways how do we go on a journey of faith how do we go on a journey of faith Quite some time ago, every time I opened the Word of God, this thing of faith just kept hitting me in the face. And how many of you know that the Lord prepares us for a reason? And I started to do some study. I felt the Holy Spirit calling me to do some study and look once again at this element of faith. Before I share some of the things the Lord showed me and through that study period, just some background. We know that Jesus ministered for three, three and a half years. But in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the events that took place that are recorded in the Gospels are only for a span of 52 days. Isn't that incredible? That what we read the accounts, the specific events of the accounts in the Gospels, is actually a span of 52 days. That means that when you read the Bible, you're literally getting the tip of the tip of the iceberg of the ministry of Jesus, which is incredible. We also know that in different passages in Luke and other areas, it says that Jesus had multitudes coming to him and he healed all the sick. He had thousands and thousands of people. For that three and a half year period, there was multitudes. It's several passages where it says that he healed all the sick. But the miracles of Jesus recorded in the four Gospels, specific ones actually account for 37. And I started going through the Gospels, looking at the miracles of Jesus. And there's 37 miracles, at least that I could find, Of Jesus in that period that's recorded in the Gospels. And they range everywhere from turning water into wine, feeding multitudes to casting out demons, raising the dead, healing the sick, pulling coins out of fish's mouth, walking on water. There's thirty seven miracles of Jesus recorded in the Gospels. And the interesting thing, as I studied each of these miracles of Jesus, I found out an astonishing thing. I found out that often Jesus gave a commentary after the miracle. And often Jesus communicated with his followers, with his listeners about what was going on. And as I researched these 37 miracles, I found out that 20 of them, Jesus actually specifically says, hey... The outcome of this miracle is because of the faith. Get this, 20 times out of the 37 miracles, Jesus specifically says, the miracle that happened was because of faith. Faith is a big deal. Faith is is essential. This is some of the things I found, and this is not Ben's notes here. I'm about to read here the words of Jesus. Jesus. On one occasion, he said, go, your faith has healed you. Go, your faith has healed you. On another occasion, he said, after he did a miracle, he said, if you have faith, nothing is impossible. We have to remember that these, whatever our experience up to this point is, Maybe there's disappointments. Maybe there's a wide range of experience we've had in the miracles that the Lord has done in our life or hasn't done. The point is we can't deny the words of Jesus. On another time, he said, your faith has made you well. On another occasion, when he finished doing a miracle, this this is what he said at the end. He said, if you have faith, as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. On another occasion, he said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. There was another commentary after a miracle and he said, don't be afraid, just believe. There was another situation where Jesus heals a woman and he says, daughter, your faith has healed you. We know another story where friends, friends of, of a bloke come to Jesus and he says, when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven. We know the, the story of Peter walking on the water. He begins to sink and Jesus says, you of little faith, why did you doubt? The implication is that faith caused him to walk on the water. We have another time when Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And the servant was healed that very moment. As I've been studying these miracles of Jesus, I've found that this element of faith is huge. Now, of course, there's other elements here, but we can't deny the element of faith. When I talk about faith, I'm not talking about positive thinking, although positive thinking is good. I'm talking about us anchored in the faith, the trust, and the goodness of God, anchored in His divine nature and the Word of God. This is what I'm talking about when I talk about faith. It's this trust, it's this this belief, it's this anchoring of ourselves in His nature and His Word. For anyone that's spent any time in church, we've seen the effects and the abuse around shaming people about faith. Blab it, grab it, whatever experience you've had and you sort of feel, hey, there's been negative experiences around shaming people about faith or their lack of faith. And we've seen the effects that that doesn't end well. Anytime we look introspective, we, we lose the very little bit of faith we had. But we can't, because of an error, create another error. We can't because something was unhealthy or is unhealthy or our perception is that something's unhealthy or it's caused destruction or there's, there's been hurt and there's been disappointment. We can't create another error and say, well, we're going to push away from faith and it's no longer essential. We have to get back to what Jesus said, and all through the Gospels, in red letter print, He's telling us that if we want to get to where He's called us to be, there's an essential element, and it's called faith. We can't deny it. How are we doing? If you can turn to Mark chapter 5, we're going to start reading from verse 21. Mark chapter 5 verse 21 says, "When, When Jesus had crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while they were by the lake. And had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she became worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. Because she thought, if I can just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out of him, he turned around in the crowd and asked, I just want to pause there for a moment. This is a story about this man named Jairus. And here he comes to Jesus. And how many know that Jesus has been moving around? Jesus doesn't just set up in one place. Jesus moves around. So oftentimes he's a hard man to get hold of. And here Jairus is. He's in a, he's in a critical state. His daughter, 12 years old, is, a, is on death's door. And he comes in desperation. He leaves the family and goes looking for Jesus. Now, we don't know how long he'd been traveling, but, but, but we know that, obviously, as a parent, he's in a desperate state. He finally finds Jesus, and he finally has the opportunity to, to, to request something of Jesus. And he says, Would you come to my house and heal my daughter? And Jesus says, Yes. How many know that if you're Jairus, you're trying to whip Jesus out there, out of that crowd. You're trying to get rid of all the distractions. You're not interested about people that are lining up for healing. All of a sudden, you're a desperate father in need of a miracle for your daughter. And you can understand the frustration. Here Jairus is, he, he knows that, that Jesus potentially has the ability to heal his daughter. And here he is with crowds pressing around them. And Jesus is going so slow. And to make matters worse, all of a sudden Jesus says in a crowded place, Who touched me? Now, if I'm Jairus, I'm saying, Who cares? (laughs) And Jesus is saying, Who touched me? And when there's no response, Jesus keeps probing, he keeps asking. And if I'm Jairus, I'm saying, Who cares? My daughter is sick at home. She's about to die. Can we get on and get and get her healed? And to make matters worse, then finally someone comes from the crowd and imagine if you're Jairus. It's like, finally, this woman's come forward. Now can we go? But now Jesus decides he wants to have a conversation with her. He wants to kneel down. He wants to minister to her. It's like she's got her healing. Let's go. This is a desperate father looking for healing for his daughter. And we don't know how long he was there, but it, it seems like at some time that Jesus is moving through the crowd, he's engaging with this woman. And we pick up the story in verse 35, it says, well, Jesus was still speaking, speaking with the woman that is, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader. "Your daughter is dead," they said. Why bother the teacher anymore? Verse thirty-six. Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, "Don't be afraid. Just believe." He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. When they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion, with people crying, crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. And after he had put them out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and went into where the child was and took her by the hand and said, Little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. At this they were completely astonished. I want to go back to verse 36. Verse 36 says this. It says, Overhearing what they said, Jesus told him, Don't be afraid, just believe. That word overhearing in the original language can also be translated or ignoring. Ignoring what they said, Jesus told him, Don't be afraid, only believe. How many know that right at this moment, Jairus was in a fight of faith? In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, it says, Fight the good fight of faith. Paul is saying to Timothy, Hey, this is a fight of faith. Who's in a fight of faith? If you're not in a fight of faith, you probably need to dream a bit bigger. If you're not in a fight of faith, you probably need to get some friends because there's people around here that are in a fight of faith. Paul says to Timothy, fight the good fight of faith. The point is that it is a fight of faith. And in this moment, the fight just got even hotter. Here Jairus is already struggling with with the pending death of his daughter. He comes to Jesus and he's finally got the teacher to come and then the news hits. Don't worry the teacher anymore, your daughter's dead. And this in my mind is how I see this story unfolding. It says they're ignoring or overhearing what they said. Jesus gets up and he says, don't be afraid, just believe. I can imagine that as Jesus is ministering to the woman, he hears the the whispers, the voices, the negativity, even the facts. And imagine he would would stand up and he would grab Jairus by the shoulders. And as Jairus is turning around listening to all this stuff, I just believe he grabbed his head and, and locked eyes again and he said, hey, ignoring all this, don't be afraid. And just believe. This morning I believe the Lord is saying to us as we increase our faith is don't be afraid, just believe. I find this fascinating because Jesus didn't go on and say, hey, don't be afraid, just believe because I'm going to raise her from the dead. He leaves it at that and then they go on a journey to his house. Once again, the Bible doesn't tell us how long this journey is, but this could have been for four, six, seven, eight hours. This journey to Jairus' house, and here Jairus has the thoughts, has the voices all around him that give in, don't believe, your daughter's already dead, but yet he can still remember the master who locked eyes with him and said, don't give in to fear, but only believe. What are you going to listen to today? The next few weeks are going to be amazing as we unpack some of these ways that we build faith. But this morning I want to leave you with this thought. If you're in a fight of faith, Sometimes you need to ignore the voices going on around you. It doesn't mean we live in denial. That's not helpful for anyone. It doesn't mean we bury our head in the sand. It doesn't mean we're not responsible. But what it means is the voices, the doctors report, the evidence about the dysfunction, the, 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 um, the issues that are going on in our life that we're believing breakthrough for, what it means is we hold them there, but we anchor our affection, we anchor our lives in the word of God and his nature, which can't be moved. We don't deny the facts. We don't deny what's going on. But we anchor our affection, our trust in him who was forever faithful. If you're in a fight of faith this morning, you need to learn this power of ignore. Maybe it looks like, in this season, off social media, maybe it looks like this season of putting some things aside and just coming like Jairus did, face to face with the Lord himself, getting into the word of God and feeding yourself on the promises of God. Many here know my story from a few years ago, but I had a 10-centimeter 10 cent, 10 tumor on, on my chest. And there was a sonographer that said, this is melanoma cancer. And every time after that, they tried to probe it and test it, and they couldn't get any juice out of this thing. And so for three months, I went with this thing hanging over my head. Someday, every day, I would crawl into my office... Sometimes it took four hours, sometimes it t- took four minutes. But I didn't leave until I had hope, until I had faith in God. I didn't leave until that doctor's report or those words that were said incorrectly were under the very word of God, his nature, what he was saying over my life. And this is the fight of faith. We don't, we don't deny there's a problem, but we anchor our affection in the one who is forever faithful. I heard a quote a while ago. I cannot remember where it was from. It may be Bill Johnson. This is what it says. If you have more input from social media and mainstream media than you do from the word of God, your discouragement is self-inflicted. You cannot have a garden and have a key to the gate and invite the enemy in to plant weeds and then moan to God about it. Did that hit anybody else? We have to take personal responsibility. The Lord has given us all the tools. He's given us the word of God. He's given the very things we can stand on. And in our journey of going on this faith journey to see the promises fulfilled, like we see in this story with Jairus, we have to learn how to ignore. We have to learn how to ignore the voices, the stuff that goes on, social media, society that tells us things. And, 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 and for this season, is emphasising and, and come back to the Word of God, His presence. How many know that faith doesn't come by striving, but it comes through surrender? just as I finish up now. I just want you to close your eyes. I just believe that even this morning the Lord's been touching people's hearts. Whatever you've faced in the past, whatever disappointments, whatever you've been led to believe, we can't deny that faith is an essential element to see the promises of God fulfilled. I just feel this morning that the Holy Spirit is moving through this room touching people's hearts and maybe you're actually here and you're just you, you have a cry like the disciples and you just say Lord increase our faith increase my faith and if that's you in a moment I want to pray for you but maybe you're also here and you're like hey I'm just really offended by this sermon I would like to propose that maybe the Lord wants to bring you back to faith. That as you open up your heart, allow repentance to come for him to bring you back into this radical faith. Lord, we just thank you that you're here. We thank you, Lord, that you've actually given us a measure of faith. We actually, Lord, thank you that you haven't left us without faith, but you've actually given it to us. And we thank you, Lord, that we would steward what you've given us. And Lord, we know that the plans you have for us will require radical faith. Lord, I just pray for every person here. I just pray, Lord, that there would be a deposit of a gift of faith, that the things that we struggle to believe for, that there would just be a gift of faith in this moment, that we would be known by a a church, a group of people that have radical faith, not because we want to stand out, but because we want to live authentic lives as Jesus did. Lord, may everything that comes from the enemy May everything that comes, may we just hold up that shield of faith to deflect, to diffuse the darts of the enemy. In Jesus' name, amen.